Well, I just wanted to welcome you all again here tonight. And this weekend we are celebrating, obviously, CES camps and all the, the, all the things that God did this week. And I wanted to thank you guys, those of you that were praying for us. We know that you were praying for us because it made a huge impact this week. And I also wanted to thank over the 100 volunteers that spent an entire week here investing and discipling students here at Center Street Church. And would you just join me in thanking them? Now, one thing I just want to tell you, I think it's important that we all realize that, yes, we had a lot of kids that came, but we actually had a lot more that were waiting on the waiting list. And that was crazy to me. A whole bunch of kids that couldn't get in. And we, we, ha- we so much want to be able to minister to the families of our church, but we want to, more importantly, reach out into our communities and the people that you're rubbing shoulders with, and we want to be able to provide space for them, kids that don't know who Jesus is, kids that don't have a church home. We want to make sure that they have room uh, at our camps. So our dream is that we will never have to turn away any children for, from camp. And so I don't know what your next summer looks like. For those of you that are planners, you have a year to plan and look at your schedule. We had a whole bunch of leaders this week that took vacation to come and invest in kids this last week. And so I just encourage you, if that's anything that might be on your mind, you might be thinking about, you might want to try out, we would love to chat with you uh, because we want to make sure that there is room for children that want to hear about Jesus. Please join me as we pray by standing and we'll pray together. God, I thank you for the gift it is for us to worship you here tonight. We don't take this for granted, God. God, thank you for each person here that's, each person that's here today, how you made them, not by chance, but for a specific purpose. Thank you for the children who said yes to you this week. I just pray, God, that you would protect them and guide them and grow them into the full knowledge of what it means to follow you with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I just pray also that you would continue to speak to us during our time together, and God, may you be glorified in all that is done. pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So we have a very wide group of uh, people that are here with us tonight, wide age, wide age group of people. We have some of you that are children here. We have some of you that are young adults. We have some of you that are youth. And we have some of you that are adults and continuing on. And so we just want to uh, utilize this opportunity that we have to be together as one church with multiple generations in the same Room. And today we're going to be uh, looking at a passage of scripture that was written for all believers, regardless of age or stage of life. And it has implications for children, for youth and parents, and it has implications for all of us because of one simple word, and that's leader. Every one of us in this room has been impacted by a leader. It could be your community group leader. It could be your missional group leader. It could be a pastor. It could be your alpha leader, your freedom session sponsor. It could be your children's ministries leader, your grade five, six leader, or your youth leader. There are leaders all around us that influence us. And as a family pastor, I am passionate about seeing leaders utilize their gifts and their talents and their abilities 
to invest in this next generation from birth all the way up to grade 12. And we are investing significantly in this next generation and their spiritual growth as a church because in the not-so-distant future, they are going to be our future leaders in our governments, our education systems, in our legislatures, but also our marketplaces and our churches. And for this reason, all of us, regardless of our age, need to ask ourselves this important question. Who have I asked to invest in me? And who am I investing in, particularly in this next generation? So even though I'll be giving some focus to uh, if there's any children or youth or, and young adults that are in the room tonight, uh, this is not just for them. This is a discipleship message for us all. So I've been working with kids for over 20 years now, and kids and youth are a big part of my life. And God has blessed my wife, Erin, and I with five children. And I've seen kids do some things very naturally as they've been growing up. And one thing that I've noticed is that they are naturally inclined to imitate those that they like. Imitating is just a big word, again, for copying someone what they say and what they do. And I'm sure, obviously, some of you have questions about what's going on here, so we're going to talk about that now. I went through my kids' rooms this week, and I just pulled out some costumes of characters and people that my kids like to dress up as. And we're going to do a quick activity, and everyone gets to participate. This morning, the kids did awesome, and parents didn't do so well. So I'm going to hold up some of these, and your job is to tell me. You have to say it out loud. I can't read your mind. You have to say it out loud who it is that my kids are dressing up as. So the first one. (laughs) My kids are giving away the answer. (laughs) Okay, this is Superman. So that's the first one. Good. All right, next one is Stormtrooper. Okay, they have great aim. All right, next one. Go Flames, go. Yeah, okay. Calgary Flames, good. All right, next one. (laughs) Thank you. Val, yes, good. All right. Okay, next one. Elsa. Oh, don't ask me why it's life size. All right, next one. Cinderella. That's right, awesome job. And then the last one, this is not from my house. And I say that because I had to borrow it from a friend because this isn't allowed in our house. And I I promised him I would not say any disparaging remarks, I keep it inside. And so whatever you say is up to you. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it's the Oilers, in case you didn't know. All right. All of this, the reason why I did that tonight was because I wanted us to know and see that we are all naturally inclined to imitate people. And kids are really, really good at that. And if you're a youth here, you're probably thinking, pfft, I don't do that stuff. And I'd like to just challenge you just a little bit on that. Because you do imitate other people, but it just looks a little bit different because you imitate one another. Just think about it. If it's your hair, your clothes, the latest electronic device, the social media platforms that you're on, the things that you post, all of these things are forms of imitation. 
we are all naturally inclined to imitate others. And God is concerned that we not imitate the wrong things. In Romans 12, we read, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God doesn't want us imitating those who have different worldviews than we do. He wants us to imitate the right things, the things that matter to him and have eternal significance. More specifically, he wants us to imitate leaders who follow Jesus. God wants us to imitate leaders who follow Jesus. In Hebrews 13, 7, the writer stresses the importance of not only imitating leaders who follow Jesus, but also honoring them. So this passage we're going to be reading together, I just wanted to read it together right now. So uh, let's put that up on the screen and we'll read it now. Here we go. All right. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. This is like one of the shortest verses I think we'll ever talk about in this space. But I just wanted to highlight three ways God wants us to honor our God-given leaders from this verse. First, we honor our God-given leaders by remembering them. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. This means that we need to remember those who introduced us to Christ. Those who taught us the scriptures. Those who loved and cared for you unconditionally and encouraged you and helped you grow closer to God and in your character. Now this could be a lot of different people. This could be your parents. This could be a close family member. It could be your leader in children's ministries, in grade five, six, in youth ministries. Or it could be your young adult pastor. It could be your missional community group leader or your community group leader. There are a whole bunch of people that this could apply to. And what I want to stress is that we not forget what an incredible God-given gift these leaders are to you. I say that because sometimes we simply take our leaders for granted and we need to make a point every once in a while of remembering the gift that they are to us. So practically, what are some ways that we can do that? There are two things that you can do to remember your leader. The first one is to pray and thank God for them. Thank God for who they are, for how they've decided to invest their life in you, but also to uh, ask God to continue to bless them and protect them as they lead your group. The second thing is to encourage them. And this could be something as simple as a note and just saying thank you so much for all that you're doing. Or it could be a face-to-face -face conversation where you remind them of the impact that they're having in your life. You know, it's what I've been observing is that there's a sad reality sometimes that's coming up more and more is that we are usually very quick to criticize our leaders when things are going wrong or maybe things aren't going the way that we wanted them to do, wanted them to go. But we're very slow in thanking and encouraging our leaders. I remember when I first started here, I was faced with some very challenging situations and, and some very tough things that were coming up. And during this time, I was very discouraged, and someone just came up to me one day during one of those times, and they just handed me a note. And I just left it in my pocket, and I went and did my thing, and then afterwards, after the event, I went and sat in my car, and I'm like, oh, what's that? And I took out the note. 
And what I read absolutely filled my eyes with tears. Because the words that were written were speaking directly to the insecurities that I was feeling. I'll never forget what was written at the end. They said, Matt, Matt, the Lord our God is with you. The Lord our God is with you. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In that moment, God used that letter to speak to me. In that moment, God used that person's words to work through some of the things that I was feeling in my heart, the insecurities I was feeling. It was a powerful moment that God used, and all it was was a note. And you might be able to do that for someone this week. The writer of Hebrews says, remember your leaders. He says, bless them and encourage them often because they are a gift to you and those that you love. The second way we can honor our God-given leaders is to consider their life. Considering the outcome of their way of life is simply reflecting or thinking about the way that they are living their life. Their Christ-like character, their generosity, the way that they treat their family and their friends and those around them, the way that they serve, where you see love and joy and peace and patience and generosity and kindness. And as you see those things, not only are you going to thank God for them, but then it's a great opportunity for you to ask God to develop these same qualities in your own life. Now, in order to do this and, and to consider your leader's way of life, it's going to require that you get to know your leader. And that one thing I've noticed when I've been in a group of people and uh, the leader's leading it, when I first come into the room or kids go into their classes or youth are in their community groups, when they first come in, the leader is the one usually who's asking a ton of questions and the kids or the students are talking almost the whole time at the very beginning, asking questions like, hey, how was your week? Hey, how did that test go? Hey, how's your family? Did you guys have anything that was going on that I need to know about? Did you guys have fun this week? Your leader is focused on you and because they want to get to know you better. But here's the thing. If we're going to consider our leader's way of life, then we need to seek to know them better by taking the time to hear their story and asking them about how they were introduced to Jesus, why they're leading your group, how knowing Jesus has changed their life. Now, of course, no leader will live perfectly, but as we get to know them, there will be godly qualities that you begin to see in them that will stand out and will begin to influence you as you live out what it means to follow Jesus. You know, all of our, all of our kids, when I was thinking about this, all of our, my kids have been here at Center Street their entire lives. They've grown up here, and they have had godly, faithful children's ministries leaders and grade 5-6 leaders who have poured their lives into them and have taught the word of God faithfully to them. And they've partnered with Arian and I as we've done our very best to disciple our kids in the ways of Jesus. But as I was preparing for this message, it dawned on me that in some cases, I know very little about these faithful leaders who have invested in our kids. I don't know 
their story or the difference Christ has made in their life. And in some cases, neither do my kids. So after I've been praying about this, I realize, you know what, going forward, my plan is I'm going to track down those leaders. And I am going, not, I'm not stalking them, but I'm going to find them. And my intention is to get to know them better and hear their story and find out how God has transformed their life. Now, if you are a student here, if you're a youth or a child here tonight, or even a young adult, I just want to remind you that God has given you a gift in your parents. And all the parents in the room said, amen. Thank, thank you. Okay. Yes. Uh, God has given you a gift in your parents because they are the leader. They are providing leadership in your homes, in your family. God wants you to consider their way of life by getting to know them better. And one way you can do that is by asking them those same big questions. Like, hey, what was it like living in your house growing up? Why did you decide to follow Jesus? Why did you get baptized? And what has God been teaching you? So the first two ways we can honor our God-given leaders is to remember them, consider their life, and finally, the third way to honor our God-given leaders is to imitate their faith. When it says that we are to imitate their faith, we need to remember that faith is not just believing the right things. Faith is demonstrated in how that leader lives out their life. A leader should be imitating Jesus in how they live their life. And Jesus focused primarily on three things and he did them perfectly. He focused on his relationship with God, his Father. Then his relationship and invested in a group of others, the disciples and those that were close to him. And then together as a spiritual family, they went out and they served the communities and the people that God had called them to go and serve. And when it says we need to imitate our leader's faith, it's referring to these Christ-like qualities. Loving God, investing in others, and together as a spiritual family going and loving and serving those around us. A big part of imitating our leader's faith is, is that. But also, a lot of the time we think, well, I'm just going to copy. And I'm just going to imitate my leader. I'm going to follow them. But imitating is also looking back at those that are younger, uh, younger than you in age. Or those that are younger than you in spiritual maturity. And asking, Lord, who do you want me to invest in? The way leaders have invested in me. And what I love about Center Street Church is that we have a lot of people who are already doing this already, who are remembering, who are considering and imitating their leaders. This is discipleship at its very core. People living out what it says in 1 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Here's just a few examples that came to mind as I thought about this. Wayne was a youth leader to Kyle and Kyle remembered all Wayne did. And when he considered Wayne's way of life, Kyle decided to lead a group of grade seven boys in youth ministries this last year. Karen remembered her youth leader. She considered the outcome of his way of life and decided to imitate his faith. And she decided to lead a, grade, a group of grade one girls from grade one all the way through grade 12 and as they graduated. Josh had a leader, Gabe, who invested in him. 
who remembered his leader and is now imitating him by leading a group of of grade school boys in children's ministries. Damien remembered his leader, Jiggs, and is now leading, our great, leading in our grade 5-6 ministry, doing exactly what was done for him. Catalina, she remembered her mom's example and is now leading in children's ministries with young children doing exactly what her mom had showed her what to do. Zoe watched Josh, who was one of her peers, leading in a ministry. She reflected on his way of life and is now leading students in the exact same way. There are so many more I could mention. Graham and the influence of Mike, Jarvis and the influence of Matt, Lindsay and the influence of Heidi, and the list could go on and on. There's pages and pages and pages of names of people that are doing this well. And what I love about God is that he doesn't have an age limit on serving and leading. Next time you come to any one of our campuses, you're going to see students and youth and grade school children doing a different kind of imitation. Instead of them wearing princess princess dresses and, and jerseys and superhero costumes, they're wearing different kinds of shirts. We have students that are wearing these kinds of shirts, our grade five, six salt shirts, who are serving in our cafe, who are serving in our children's ministries and our tech ministry and a lot of different places that uh, all over our church. There's a lot of children and youth and students and young adults that are wearing blue shirts like this in children's ministries who are serving children on a weekly basis. There's uh, students that are wearing grade five, six lanyards. There's tech lanyards that I could show you. There's youth shirts. The, uh, The list is long and longer and longer as I keep going down. But all around our campuses, we have children and youth Serving children and youth. They are already remembering their leaders, considering the outcome of their way of life, and imitating their faith. And kids and youth and young adults, I just want to remind you that our church just doesn't include adults. It also includes you. This, my friends, is your church too. And our scripture lesson today is calling you to lead, to do for others what has been done for you. And all you need to do is to know and love Jesus and then step out and pass on to others what you have learned and what God has called you to do. And God has gifted you as kids and youth and young adults. God has gifted you and he needs every one of us to make an impact in the life of another person. You can do this. You can do this. Church, regardless of your age, when we get this, when we begin to say yes to what God is calling us to do in our own lives and we begin to step out in faith and start to invest in the lives of other people, our lives and our families' lives and our church are never going to be the same. As we close our service today, there's just a, uh, I just wanted to talk with some of the adults that are in the room really quick. First, for some of you, you might be struggling with feelings of regret right now because often you look at your life and realize you haven't been living a life that others want to imitate. And I can totally relate to how you're feeling. Hardly a day goes by when I don't struggle with finding that balance between 
the demands of, of ministry and the demands of a busy house with kids that I'm supposed to be leading. And most of the time, I feel like an absolute failure in those things. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm incredibly discouraged by this struggle. And I just feel like I'm failing as a dad, as a husband, as a son and a friend. And I can't see why anyone on earth would want to follow me. Yet in those moments where I feel very unworthy, I do what my leaders taught me to do. Open up God's word. And I remind myself of truth, of who God says I am. And I hold steadfast to the truth where it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The lies of the enemy may try to tell me, the lies of the enemy may try to tell me that I am not worthy of spiritually leading my family. But I am reminded that we are God's handiwork We are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Our God is for us. He is not against us. For the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are close and whose hearts are fully committed to him. And remember this. If you are in this space, God is not God is not interested in the perfection of our lives. He is interested in the direction of your life. And Satan will try to convince you that your life isn't worth imitating and therefore you have nothing to offer. That, my friends, is a lie. It is a lie. Don't believe it. I remind you that Jesus invited a whole bunch of imperfect people into relationship with himself. He invited a group of guys that were disasters. A ton of issues going on in their life. Tons of baggage. And through them, with all of their issues, with all the things going on in their life, and through them, he changed the world. And Jesus wants to do the same thing through you and through me. So don't let your past regrets, your sins, your failures dictate your next faithful step forward that God is calling you to take. Think about it. What if your leader had let fear prevent them from leading? Think about that, how different your life would have been if it were not for those, those leaders and how they influenced your life through those key periods of, of your life. When is the last time you remembered them and thanked them for all that they did for you? But just don't encourage them with your words. I encourage you to encourage them with your life by intentionally investing in others the way others have invested in you. All of us have gifts and talents that have been given to us by God. And he wants you to use those gifts and talents for the kingdom and for what his purpose and plan is for those things. A lot of us are sitting on our hands with our gifts. We're not using them the way that God wants us to use them. You're sitting on the sidelines of your faith, waiting to use your gifts. If you aren't using your, your, your gifts to glorify God and influence and impact others, then we're not only disobeying God, but you are missing out on the amazing opportunity God is giving you to have an amazing journey 
of your next faithful step. Jesus said it best. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There are children, there are students, there are great, uh, youth that are coming to us every single week. More and more and more of them. And they are waiting for leaders to come alongside them to speak the word of God, to walk alongside them through the ups and downs, and to say, hey, come follow me as I follow Christ. Watch what I do, and hopefully you're going to see what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus. If we're going to have an impact that we read about in the scriptures, then we need to start doing this today. You may not be called to serve with children and youth and this next generation, and that is totally fine. But there are amazing opportunities for you to deploy your gifts around here so that we can accomplish God's redemptive purposes in this world. So my friends, I ask you, don't sit on your gift. Don't hold it in. Don't keep it to yourself. It's time, church. It's time for us to get in the game, get, get off the sidelines, and start playing. Life is way too short to wait on the sidelines. My encouragement for you is to push through your fears and your feelings of inadequacy and to step out into obedience to what God is calling you to do and then deploy your gifts to wherever God is asking you to do that for the kingdom and then just leave the results to him. Then just a brief word to anyone here who is new or you just don't, you've been here for a while but you do not have a relationship with Jesus. You haven't experienced the joy and freedom that comes from God's forgiveness, the power of his grace, the, the purpose and peace he gives when you give your life to him and follow him with all of your heart. You haven't been leading other people because you're not sure where your life is going and you can't really give what you don't have. If I'm describing you, please don't leave here tonight without talking to one of our pastors or our prayer partners at the front or at someone at the connect table or uh, the person that you came with. Start your journey with Christ tonight who brings freedom where there is bondage, hope where there is brokenhearted, and peace to the restlessness you feel. Center Street Church, as I close, may we be a people who proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. My prayer for us is that we would be known throughout Airdrie and Calgary as a people who are willingly wanting, willingly giving of their time, their talents, and their gifts to love and invest in this next generation or the people that he's called us to invest in. May we be a people who are in the word, who are praying, who are leaning into God, who are going to him and asking him, God, what do you want me to do in this day? What are you calling me to do? What conversation do you want me to have? Who do you want me to bless? God, what do you want me to do? I am here, God. I'm listening. Speak. We, God, may we be a people that will begin to accomplish the, and be the redemptive community that God calls his church to be for the glory of God and for the sake of a world that needs the Jesus that we know and love. Would you stand for closing prayer?
God, we, I'm just grateful for your word and how it speaks to us. And thank you, God, for the leaders in our lives that have taught us faithfully, who have pointed us back to you. We ask for the transforming work of your Holy Spirit to move us tonight towards this high calling of leadership. And I pray for anyone who has been filled with fear or doubt or hopelessness because they think they have nothing to offer. I pray in the name of Jesus that those lies would be removed and that you would replace it with the truth of who you say they are, fully reconciled to you, sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I also pray for this upcoming generation. God, thank you, God, that you have made them. Thank you, God, that they are made in your image, that you are equipping them for the work that is ahead. And I pray, God, that you would raise up a mighty army of children and youth and young adults, God, that would overwhelm us in ways we never even thought possible. That, God, that they would desire to know you, to love you, to serve you. And that, God, that they would want to see the name of Jesus Christ lifted up here, God. May our church never be the same as they step out and invest in those coming behind them. God, we recognize that none of this is possible without you. And we depend fully on you and your strength and your wisdom and guidance for everything we need to accomplish this. And as we leave here today, may we have the courage not only to ask, Lord, what are you saying to me? But God, may we ask, what do you want me to do about it? And then, God, give us courage to step out in obedience and do that very thing you've asked us to do. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his precious peace. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.